hope York show up in the Book of Boba Fett. Start your subway engines, it's time for Rube Helps Padres, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. My name is Mel, I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa. My gender of the week is Din Djarin getting his head bitten by the Rancor. I like Jawbreaker Din Djarin. I think he should paint his armor those colors. I think that'd be very funny. What if his armor were the, was the colors of like a bowling alley carpet? Listen, I do That would like- be funky fresh, actually. <laughs> Then he'd be a he-him lesbian. He would be a he-him lesbian. Let me just, this is my pitch for the Ahsoka show. It opens. Din Djarin is there because Dave Filoni loves doing that thing where he just brings characters randomly into other shows. And Din is like, does this armor look okay? We pan out. Sabine Wren has just finished bowling alleying his fucking armor. And she's like, you're done. He-him lesbianification beam. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. It's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is Pelimoto's missing tooth. When her tooth fell out, I did like scream. <laughs> I will let you guys know at this point, my secondary gender um, was going to be Pelly and her new bestie, the major domo. Because at the beginning of the episode, I was like, before anything had even happened, I was like, you know who I think would be best friends? Those two. And then they were. They're really gay lesbian solidarity, the two of them. They are. They're they're also, like, comedic character in a crossover, like, solidarity. Like, it's very much, like, like, and, you know, there's a crossover and it's like, oh, no, we're the two comedic. Like, it was, it was (laughs) very good. They could get, they would get married for tax benefits. Absolutely. Period. May I also just say, it has just occurred to me that I do think that the Book of Boba Fett, in a lot of ways, does remind me of... The, the the epic crossover event that was That's So Sweet Life of Raven. Oh, wait, no. That's So Sweet Life of <laughs> Hannah Montana. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. You're so right, though. That's what it felt like. That's what or, it is felt it, like. or is it more of a victorious iCarly situation? No, no. The reason I, I would say that it's That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana is because... Or no, no, no. It's actually not That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. It's actually... Uh, the wizard, wait, fuck, I can't remember. It's the one where the wizards of Waverly Place are on the That's So, That's uh, the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, but they're on the ship. And also, I think Hannah Montana is still there. It's some other show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that is the show because it's like there was an epic crossover once, the That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. But <laughs> the problem is that, like, there's just something missing and you're not quite sure what it is. And it's the probably the fact that they're on a fucking boat. I love how much sense that made. <laughs> is it is it more like the Fairly Odd Parents and um, Jimmy Neutron crossover? I don't no, know. That and was a he- fever dream. Here's here's the problem. I think I have alienated many of our viewers by talking at length about the That's So Sweet Life of Animals. No, that's a very popular event. reference. It's very everybody knows it. To our to our uh, viewers who do not watch Disney Channel, my be please Google it. Do yourself a favor. Hi, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender this week, and I apologize in advance for this, is the stuckyification of Boba and Din. Um, listen. Maybe I don't no. like Boba and Din anymore. Listen, you're listen, in it. You're listen, done. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I, I am a Sam and Bucky shipper mostly um i was a a steven bucky shipper i also you know i love i love uh we love polycules on this podcast so i I ship many people i have no preferences um however something deep inside me when when din jarin was like i'm with you until we both fall something deep inside me was thrown so thoroughly back to 2014 right when the winter soldier came out i became a person that i swore i'd never be again and i don't know how i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna recover from this one and i'd like to thank all of you guys because i was initially not a boba and din shipper i was a din luke occasionally a din Cobb, um and i still am i think din din can he can have many boyfriends um but now this is my joker um this is all i can think about i forgot about what everything else that happened in the episode because it was all i could think about and um now i need to go rewatch the winter soldier <laughs> speaking of boba and din i'm jess my pronouns are they them you can find me on tiktok and twitter at kawaii jessio 
And my gender this week is the inherent homoeroticism of telling your friend that you're with them until you die. <laughs> there is something deeply homoerotic about two men fighting for one another. I don't, you know, men can have friendships, not those men. I do not allow that. <laughs> like I said, when Din said this is the way, it's more like this is the gay. Thanks, Din Jaren. My name is Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. Um, and my agenda this week is Cobb Vance gets sent to the Polynesian spa. <laughs> so true. Something happened in the episode that made me be like, yeah, Boba sends all his friends to the Polynesian spa. Concept. Next season of Book of Boba Fett starts. The lights, you know, it, it fades in from darkness. It shows Boba's palace. It is pretty much empty. Like there are people milling about, but no one important. It pans up to that little balcony that he has overlooking. You hear laughing. It's Fennec, Boba, and Cobb sipping mimosas, talking about being in charge of Tatooine, just hanging out. And that's the entire season. It's seven episodes of the three of them just hanging out and like doing things in a newly refreshed Tatooine. Real Housewives of Tatooine? That's exactly, yes, but there's less (laughs) fighting. They're just friends. Okay, but did they get to do the fun intros at the beginning? (gasps) You know what? This is okay. This is a sad thing is the amount of real housewives I've seen and the amount of just like random ones I can quote like is embarrassing. Okay, quickly, what would their intros be? Okay, so here's a great question. I think I okay, Cobb is like being back from the dead didn't go to my head. And I think that Boba got mad because he wanted to do that. And Phoenix also mad because she also wanted to do that because all of them almost died. And I think that th- maybe that's what the, that's what the first half of the season is about, is them arguing over who gets to have that. I love the idea of them fighting over the right to make I almost died jokes. I Okay, <laughs> I feel like the mimosa outfits too are like a crop top that says, I had a near-death experience and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. No, they're all wearing those robes that boba is in they're all have to be in the little robes with little slippers them doing like face masks with cucumbers over their yeah. eyes together that's what i'm talking about did uh, dinjarin is also there but he has his helmet on with the robe with the with, <laughs> with the mask and the cucumbers over the his helmet grogu is there with tiny cucumbers <laughs> grogu's eating the cucumbers too yes of course kersantan no kersantan and the mods they went to go to like the arcade or something no He's babysitting no they were all, Chris Santin got to get his nails done. That is what he did. Here's my hot take is that I think Chrysanthemum has a really good mimosa recipe or like, and I think he's the bartender. Oh, Chrysanthemum, Chrysanthemum is making sangria. Are you kidding? Yeah. Chrysanthemum's a sangria kind of guy. So we are going to talk about this week's episode of Book of Boba Fett. Next week, we are going to do a wrap up. So this is just going to be about this week's episode. So you guys know. Um, so it kind of starts... Boba and Fennec are in Sanctuary, uh, and they're like, dang, this place looks like shit. And then Din and the mods walk in and are like, hey, yeah, this place looks like ass. But don't worry, Cobb and his little besties are going to come and help us. And then the whole squad's like, oh, we need to go back to the palace so we can hole up and protect ourselves. And then Dresh is like, no, if we go back to the palace, then people are going to be pissed. They need us here. And then Boba's like, cool, we'll just hang out here. So I had two questions during that scene. Number one... I was, it was, it was very TV logic because it was like, ah, no, we don't want to have our big fight out in the desert where no one's going to get hurt. We want to have it here near where people fucking live. But the second thing was also like, people have brought up like, hey, why is Boba's gang or whatever kind of small? Like, there's not a lot of people in it. But also the people of Freetown, like, if you've read the Aftermath books, you know that like, Freetown and Cobb Vance people, like, they're all a lot of freed slaves, and there's actually quite a number of them, and they have, like, as we then see, like, a tank and stuff that they stole from the Empire and shit, but we've never actually seen that. We've seen, like, a little bit, a little bit of it in that one episode of The Mandalorian, but, like, when he shows up in Freetown, it's, like, three buildings, so them keep keeping saying, like, yeah, he's gonna bring his people, it's an army, it's, like, this is like a collection of 20 people. Like, <laughs> like I kept, it kept, it drove me insane. I was like, huh? like, Boba was like, yeah, Cobb and his three buildings worth of people. Like, it's just like, if you didn't have that context, like, and when they showed up with a tank, like, I would have been so confused. I mean, I already was confused, but it was, it was a little weird. 
to be fair, Mos Espa is probably the most densely populated part of Tatooine. And there were what? Maybe, maybe like 10,000 people living there. Like, oh. like that feels like it's pushing it. It is. <laughs> The, the impacts of COVID were quite felt on this show. I, I will get into that later, but <laughs> the, the impacts of COVID, they were like, we are social distancing even Period. when we're kicking ass. Din, Din doesn't know about COVID because he always wears his helmet anyway, and he just thinks people are getting really into Mandalorian culture. He's like, yeah, I think we should cover our faces. That's great. And then someone's like, there's a pandemic. And he's like, whoa, oh no, Grogu, don't worry. I'll get you a mask. He brings that fucking Beskar to fucking <laughs> the armor and he's like, can you make Grogu something? And she makes the fucking chainmail and he's like, okay, a chainmail mask isn't going to work. Like I was asking for something that was like- The Lana Del Rey So what I was actually going to say about that little bit um, at the beginning of the episode, I found kind of interesting because I won't lie. One, it was good to know that like- we got some more lore about the mods. And honestly, we might have gotten this lore earlier. I just wasn't paying attention because I fucking blacked out in a rage during episode three. Uh, we did not. I okay. can confirm for you, we did not. Okay. Because, like, I just straight up thought these were, like, motherfucking, like, transplant people who are just, like, coming in because for shits and giggles, I guess. Um, but it was good to, like, hear, like, oh, Drash is actually, like, from Mas Espa and, like, has, like, things to say about it and, like, ties. Um, which is to say that I don't think it was super helpful. And once again, this feels a little bit more like the general story. And so I'll keep this short and sweet. Like, I wish we had gotten an episode where we just found out more about the mods. Like, Boba is obviously there. He is also, you know, the main character. But like, just so we like felt something about them, it wasn't until this episode that I really felt any emotion at all about them. And even then I was just like, they're kind of kind of funny i like that <laughs> i like that they were getting their asses beat and fennec just pops in and is like i'm killing these bitches she, the drash is like oh my god i might be gay drash drash literally is like as soon as that battle was over she's going online googling am i gay quiz drash has a type and it's sniper women because she was like um i something lgbt happened to me with fennec and then she whipped around and started uh flirting with the freetown sniper girl and i was like, whose name is joe joe her name is joe and that was actually another piece of uh like world building that i was like damn wish we'd gotten that earlier when she's like yeah whatever city girl whatever and like they're like oh we're like the country people and they're like the city people because that would have explained like the mod people a lot better because a place like mas espa is a city area and like most of the time when we've seen tat tatooine it's kind of rural like luke's a farm boy kind of deal um and it would have been really cool to see like the differences between one and the other um and uh i just i love those little homosexuals hope they're doing well yeah i did also this is later but i did like that part where that one guy did a spin Everyone's hating on that. I thought it was camp. I just want to say about the spin because people had shit to say on Twitter. Din Djarin literally did the same, and I think Boba, same spin earlier. Question for yourself why you had an issue with that um, from mod, my special mod guy. Also followed by, I, this is once again, way farther in the episode, that little like, I'm not a big anime person, but like the magical, magical girl pose that Boba did with his knee to get the little knee cannon shot off was yeah. very funny to me um i was screaming crying that that part that was that was the part where i was like you know what i fucking love this i'm having a great time and those are the best moments of this show of star wars and whatever when it leans in when it's like yeah we're star wars and we're camp it's like finally we acknowledge it i was just gonna say yeah with the beginning of the episode and seeing the ruins of the sanctuary I felt very sad because that basically confirmed that like our, all of our sexy Twi'leks were um were killed. So Garza Whip is that her last name? I'm so sorry. Like, it's so it. sad. I miss her so much. What was her name again? <laughs> I remember her first name. Okay, I couldn't remember her last name. No, I'm sorry. Jess is at Garza Whip's memorial service, and they're like, we oh, have no. gathered here to talk about Garth. I, it got smeared on my hand, you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's really sad, like, considering that, like, the only Twi'leks we're seeing that, like, seem like they're actual, like, free Twi'leks and not some, like, messed up little slave things going on with the Twi'leks. They got, they all got killed in one, like, short little scene. I think at least Max Rebo is okay, but I'm just like, why was he not 
there that night. Max Rebo, I'm on to you. You fucking because, snitch. Because he's working for the Pike Syndicate because he knew I've cracked the code. You bitch, Max Rebo, I hate you. He is okay. canonically a snitch. He is canonically a snitch. This is my um my fan theory. <laughs> my post-credit scene that didn't happen, but I'll say happened because I like lying about things that happen in this show. It's called revisionist history, it's and revisionist. I choose to believe in it when you it comes to Star Wars. Mel gaslights us. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, do you all remember the post credits the post post credit scene of this television show where it cuts to Max Rebo walking um into a little alley and he opens up a little like hollow projector and in his hands is Kira and he's like, I've done your work, my lord. And then it ends because everyone thought Kira was gonna be in this show. Oh my God. You know, I'm kinda sad. I thought you were gonna say Axe Wolves. No, Max, I would ask Wolves want to like destroy Tatooine. Mal, it's very clear you have had to watch Solo too many times, and I'm so sorry. I would like to inform the pop- the populace that prior to watching this episode, I did have a long form dream in which the entire content was that Axe Wolves appeared in the episode, and Mel was like, "There he is. There's my white boy," and that was the entire dream. Nothing else happened. There were no other plot deals. It was just that Axe Wolves had walked on to into frame and Mel was like, oh my God, there he is. I, I love, I, I think the important thing to me about Axe Wolves re-entering canon is that it makes the least amount of sense humanly possible. I want him to be in like the fucking Acolyte show. I want him to be somewhere he should not be. Oh my God, Axe Wolves in phase three of the High Republic when? He <laughs> is the leveler. I am also, okay, no, here's here's my concept. People also wanted Valance in this show. And I don't really know much about this character, but he is a cyborg, right? Yes, he okay, is. Okay, hear me out on this. So Valance walks into town, and then his body opens up to reveal Axe Woes. No! Axe Woes was piloting Valance, not like a... Not like a... <laughs> no, 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 not, okay. no, 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 no. It's like that scene in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <gasps> That's why he got deossified in Vader 20. For the people listening at home, Valence is a character who has many has, has made many associations with Boba Fett in the comics that many people thought, and with Han Solo, that many people thought would show up in the book of Boba Fett. Recently, in a recent episode of Darth Vader 2020, he was not as attractive as he was. A recent pre- issue, like the comic. A recent issue, I'm sorry. No, 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 um, you're fine. He, just he for was clarity. not as attractive as he was in previous comics, so he was deossified. Continue. <laughs> Okay, so I have just like made a very deep like I, I feel like I'm in therapy when you're like like you have like a realization. I think why I like Axwo so much is because he's like my scrappy do. Like he's like just like this fucked up little no, dude. He's no, he's Fen Rao is Scooby and Axe is Scrappy. <laughs> he's the Waluigi. Like he has no lore. Nobody knows what he is. He just appeared one day. You don't know, no, because Waluigi <laughs> does have lore. I won't take this slander no, his lore doesn't. is that he likes tennis fuck yeah, you no, yeah, he's you just came. there to play tennis that's it and why do you, why does he need a bigger backstory it's honestly people like you who are ruining this fandom <laughs> we then get a scene where the pikes and the mayor are just like chilling and cad bane's like hey and they're like yeah we're messed up and evil and this is important because first of all they're like yeah we of course we had the tuscans killed because obviously we called it but the other thing from the first episode was when the biker gang puts that k in hutties on the wall that is because the nikto biker gang were called the kinton striders hence the k and i was so prepared i was like oh we've got all these theories it was just just some glove shittos don't pretend like the other theories we had were not also glove shittos okay yeah but at least uh, they were glove shittos that weren't invented in this show that's fair (laughs) they Um, were established then we see an X-Wing flying over Tatooine, rolls up to Pelly's garage, and Pelly's like, Halar, officer, so sorry. She's um, like, I, I do have my papers, officer. Tee-hee. And then Grogu gets out. Pelly's like, uh, Grogu, that's a dumbass name. So sorry, oh, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get you a snack. 
I love that like freaking R2 probably is like where's um the Mandalorian because I just need to drop off this kid I want to go back to Luke I, I don't have time to be hanging out here on this fucking sand planet again so I do like um that this series has really been a love letter to the prequels uh I, I love the reverse Kaminoification of Grogu wherein a Jedi is taken to a planet and it, he is the DoorDash order that was <laughs> mistakenly brought to a planet Anyways, I felt kind of bummed out that Fennec basically, like, is there for only, like, 20% of the episode. She's there to be like, hey, guys, I love the energy that we brought into this uh, fucked up little room that we're in, but we need to have a plan. So I'm going to go kill some bitches. Feel free to do as you, like, see at the end of the episode. And then just (laughs) leaves. Uh, A lot of people have talked about Jon Favreau can't write women. Um, which is true. And the wasted potential for her, just in general, it really was, I said this a couple of episodes, the Leiaification of Fennec. Um, but not just in, like, a women being written badly and their potential being bad. Like, she's there to deliver plot, and that's all she's there for. It's it's a quality, um, I guess, that women can also deliver plot. Um, but it was, it was very much, like, even her last thing that she does in the show is, like, she she ties up the loose ends. It was like, oh, was there a reason for that? Did, did like she has beef with Cad Bane, or but was there was there a reason she like there, there was nothing. It was just like, yep, and we killed the rest of them, and that's what she did. And it was like, oh, okay. I think that that is like it is a really weird role that they've sort of given her. Because what's weird is she's kind of seeming to be like the planner. Like in that scene, she's like, okay, guys here's our plan. Here's where all of our guys are. And as she's narrating, you're seeing where everyone is. And they're like, okay, cool. Then freaking Matt Berry, torture droid walks in. It is like, hello, um, somebody's here. And then Cad Bane shows up, delivers exposition. And Boba's like, go get those motherfuckers quick, go get the pikes. And she's like, wig. Okay. Well, Cad Bane doesn't do it. The ma- the Cad Bane shows up and is like, he, he, the pikes are in, are bad. And I work for them. And then Fennec is like, that sucks. And the major domo is like, Hey, you should go kill them. Here's where they are. And then Fennec just gone for like the whole episode. It's just so weird. I'm like, it seemed like she was like the general, like she was the one who was in charge. And then she's like, hee hee, goodbye. The layification, literally. No, literally. The two things that we know about Fennec are one, we learned in this series, the one piece, new piece of information we learned about her is that she is from the mid-rim. The second piece of information that we know for Shirzy about her, for her vis-a-vis her lore, Fennec beat Cad Bane's ass and she'd do it again. It was kind of surprising. To, well, not surprising to me. I liked, I kind of liked that Boba killed Cad Bane with the, the gaffy stick. But I also was like, because of, and I don't want to get super into this because I think it's a discussion for later in the episode. But like the juxtaposition of Cad being the the example of rugged individualism and being like, you don't need anyone, Boba. Look at me. I'm so cool and awesome and pew pew. Fuck your life. Bing bong. And <laughs> Boba is like, actually, I have my community here as my weapon. And I thought it would have been really cool for Cad to be like giving this very cool monologue and then Fennec just comes up behind him and shoots him in the head. Just like, shut the fuck up. Anyways, oh get up, Boba. Just like when I was... she shot um, Tan Wayne in the head. <laughs> Exactly. I was so ready though for like that to happen with like Boba on the ground and Cad Bane like being like, yeah, here's my final lesson for you, kid. And then Fennec to show up and be like, fuck you. <laughs> Proving once again that I can beat your ass anytime, Cad Bane. But no, that didn't happen. I feel like it was kind of emblematic because there's a lot of things like that where it'd be like, oh, you know, narratively, actually, this would make more sense. Like, I could list, like, 50 of them. Like, this is a good first draft. Could use some script script doctoring. With Fennec, especially, it was like, we were talking about Din and Boba before of how just homoerotic and gay they were. Um, this was another case of so misogynistic, it whipped around to the homoerotic because her, like... Her job, her role with with Boba was, I am with you because I owe you a debt. Uh, And I'm your, like, right-hand person because I owe you a debt for a while. And then they were like, so anyway, um, she's going out of the picture and now Din is going to fill that role. Um, And so that they can look badass together and she's going to disappear. Um, and, and 
uh, and she's not going to be around. And and now, and it was like, great. I loved Injarin very much. He she, does have his own TV show. I mean, she did choose, like, to be just sorry, just to go back. She did clear her debt, and then she did choose to stay with Boba. So, no, like, no, that was I, not like a... No, I know, like, literally, yes. But I'm saying, like, like uh, literally, yes. Um, But I'm saying, like... That is kind of like her role thematically with him. You know what I mean? That she's like, I'm with you. Not till the end of the line. I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't say that. But like, that's kind of her thing. Like, I'm your right hand man, whatever, because we had a debt to each other. And now we've created a community, which then is what he establishes with Din, which is great. And I love that he's doing that with multiple people. But it was at the expense of seeing her anymore or developing their relationship at all. Something too that I think like about that, that I thought was really interesting is to me, I think this is on me because I did not know what where Fennec was going the first time I watched this episode. I know when I reread the um, plot summary while I was planning this episode, I was like, oh, okay, actually, no, she did say where she was going and I'm just an idiot. I thought she had just left. <laughs> okay, this is another fridging that I need to talk about. Can we talk about the Gamorians getting pushed off a cliff and no one saying anything about it? Yeah. That was so oh, sad. Everybody who was yassified in this show got killed. Listen, they died <laughs> they as they couple. lived. No. They died as they lived, ass out. That's. I was so distraught by that though. Like literally when I saw them being backed up, to like the cliff size was like no 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 not yas and slay those are that's <laughs> their names those are their names now i've decided <laughs> but uh, and then the fact yeah they they just were like yep they're probably dead and didn't even acknowledge it anymore even though they were like oh look the mods are okay and chrysanthemum's okay but no one's gonna be like oh no what happened to to our funky little gamorians but then we have Jin and boba have their little conversation about Din being like, I'm prepared to die for you because I owe you. And Boba being like, so true. I can't believe you still believe in that. And he's like, well, I do. And that this is the way. And Boba was like, I'm so happy that you still believe that. And they were really preparing themselves to die. And then the major domo was like, actually, I went to college. So maybe I can go out and talk to them. <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. I talked about this, I believe, two episodes ago now, possibly all of them, because I'm just obsessed with uh, Mandalorians. It happens. But um, one of the things that I liked about this show, despite Din being in it for largely no reason but marketing and then this, uh, is that it finally allows him to be like very involved in his spirituality in a way that's positive. So for him to be like, yeah, like, like, yes, I love the homoerotic interpretation where he's like, I'm here because I care about you on a very deep level. I am also very here for the interpretation of like, that's just what his way of life demands of him. Um, and I liked to see that respected and not like, like for Boba to be like, okay, well, I don't. And for him to be like, I do. And then for them both to be like, we're both still Mandalorians and we're still going to fight for one another, but we have very different ideas of how this works and what it looks like. I like that a lot. It was also very gay, but it was not just gay. I think I think that part actually people were saying like that that made it more gay that it was like he's like, no, he he doesn't believe the same thing, but he he respects him in that and that's and that's wonderful. And uh, people were like, Well, why can't they be friends? And I'm like, mm, well, shut up. I think the 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 mutual understanding between one man who is having from a a culture that is deeply important to him uh that he is now wrestling with and one man who is figuring out what it means to have a culture at all because he has just been a person on his own the whole time i think is very important and if they can they can both be gay and also acknowledge that in this essay well anyway i want to say that yeah if you want to think that they're just friends that's fine too like headcanons people just don't come and attack other people for not having the same headcanon as you and being like uh <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's not true. Like, that's not fun, yeah. funky, fresh. Don't don't be like that. Also, I wanted to talk about the major domo, like being like, oh yeah, I went to college. So I can um, you know, talk for you guys. And then Boba's like, okay, here, give me your tablet. I'll I'll write down my terms and conditions. And he writes that so fast. And I think <laughs> it was so eloquently said. 
Good job, Boba. I know. I'm like, maybe Boba should become a should have become a fucking poet. Like that was so. He was like, yeah, I'm <gasps> hard like, shit. Um, Bye. That's what he yeah, meant I... when he was like, oh, I was not meant. This life isn't meant for me. He was like, I was meant to be a poet. He's gonna go leave. He's going to the lakes with Fennec. The where po- all the poets went to die. <laughs> Walden Pontification. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. The Book of Boba Fett, it's like the Iliad. It's a chapter. <laughs> Welcome. I can't do that. To the Iliadification of the Book of Boba Fett. When will Boba oh my Fett God. a river? <laughs> listen, I love listen, Milk and Honey we... by Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> the rupee cowerification of Boba Fett. Okay, also, listen, if you wanted to be Iliad, we have our Achilles and Patroclus. The roles are cast. I, I want to know who plays uh, Menelaus. <laughs> Chrysanthemum. No! Get out! Do I not get Santa Claus! Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, that is the, okay. the mayor. Can I just say, can can either Yas or Slay be Helen of Troy? Are we allowed? <laughs> the face that, <laughs> that launched a thousand ships is fucking Yas or Slay. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. Oh, what? Can Pelimoto be Helen of Troy? I think Pelimoto is the fucking No, I, I think it's Cobb Vanth stuck in the... <laughs> no? Okay, actually, <laughs> you're so true. Cobb Vanth is actually Helen. I would I would read an epo- epilogia of fucking... Cop I agree Vanth. so who, completely. Cobb Vanth is Helen of Troy is so powerful to me on so many levels. Dinjarin's just some guy. <laughs> he's not a named character. He's, no, he's nobody. He's no, 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 he's fucking... Not Odysseus. Okay, I can't stand for that because as an Odysseus hater, I cannot stand for that. This is I an Odysseus anti-account. A Odysseus. What? Okay, like, I no. cannot. <laughs> no, 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 I agree with you. I, I cannot, cannot get into this right now because like that just triggered something so deep within me. I hate Odysseus. No, I, I completely, I do completely agree with you, and that is slander towards. Who were, so who were you gonna say? It's Din. Um, I was gonna. I was thinking. I can't remember the difference between these two. Mo- well, he could be Diomedes. <laughs> I can see that actually. Okay. Period. I also love. I just love the scene with the major domo standing out there, and he's like, "Okay, so here's our demands." Um. He, no, 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 no. Because because major domo is literally RuPaul walking onto the main <laughs> stage of actual RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, like queens. Welcome to tonight's entertainment. <laughs> For today's maxi challenge, Boba and Fennec had to sell their property and leave. <laughs> and then they're like, cool, you fucking blew it. <laughs> okay, no, because what is this episode if not a long drawn out lip sync for your life? Okay, I do I do like the idea of them lip syncing to the end credit music, which was just the guy saying Boba Fett in the theme song. I like that. I also would advocate um, Into You by Ariana Grande. <laughs> okay, he would, they would, okay, I'm so sad Yas and Slay died because they would body that. They, okay, I, no, I, they totally would. And here's the thing, here's the thing. You even have built-in reveals with with the um, the mods. They can like pull off their clothes and be like, it's actually made of machine. <laughs> oh my God, wait, no. The they're they're singing side to side because that's their other their side and side okay no because they're on their little speeder bikes and they're doing side to side and one of them has a wig reveal and then (gasps) major domo is like it's over like the pikes are like we have to leave because they that wig was so powerful that you can't stay here anymore how long have have you been on tatooine and bobo's like we've been here all night (laughs) we've been here all day okay okay concept this is way further than the episode however when boba and cad bane are standing opposite to one another (laughs) like this is a lip sync and Guys. Cad Bane loses because he tries to pull a wig reveal of having his hat fall off and then he gets shot to death. <laughs> Guys, I just... literal death drop! <laughs> I think we might be gay. I would like to posit that I think that the, the song that they would do it to is um, um, I Need a Hero. Specifically... Uh, the Fairy Godmother version. Yeah, the Fairy too. Godmother the only, version. The only important cover yeah, of that. I think it would be. And and I it, like it would be a full... It would be the full-on production because the, the, the Shrek... The Shrek version has like what's going on outside the castle as well, like with the with the gingerbread man and everything, and that's exactly what was happening here. That was the vibe. So it has just occurred to me. I believe. Okay, sorry. I have to think of my Shrek two lore. I think his name is Mongo. Is that it? That's the yeah, the, the big yeah, gingerbread man. Yes, that's Santo. Rancor. No, oh, I was thinking Santo. Santo. 
Who is no? Because Santo. No, wait. okay, no, because Santo falls down on the stairs and all the fucking <laughs> like a the, Renaissance all painting the fucking or Renaissance all cover the him. Cover him. Yeah, that was like, like a, it was like um the the stabbing of Caesar. <laughs> okay, I oh did God. forget that my gender this week was almost lizard pile, and then I had changed it at the last. <laughs> I'm happy okay. you anyways, did. Anyways, you know how Mongo in Shrek 2 falls into the milk water? I can't remember so what it's it is. Water. It's, it's water. It's on a It is a water. I can't explain hot. why. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, 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 no you're close. You're close. You get hot milk poured on you. No, no. Because I I can't explain why I thought it was milk. I live. I There's no excuse. There's no excuse. What were you going to say? No, because they were like shooting like hot like they milk, do pour milk him. on him okay thank you anyways, he has a milk bath <laughs> anyways, anyways we can't keep getting into the lore of shrek 2 this is a shrek 2 podcast no, i think we should let's do a solo watch of shrek 2 um what i was gonna say going back to the rupaul's drag race vacation of book of boba fett Cobb's little weak way life partner who we got a canonical name for i believe it's tanti his his little wig that they have that gentleman in that wig is secured by nuts and bolts. It is screwed into his head. Have you guys seen Weequay hair? That's just what they look. That is I know. Just, Hondo's Hondo's hair does look like you know on Barbie dolls when um they don't actually have like hair, so the scalp is like painted on, but then there's a hole yes. in their head that has hair coming out of it. That is yeah. like Weequay hair. Okay, but wait, does Hondo have hair? Yes, Hondo has a pony. Has like hair. He has like. Okay, I actually do not remember that. Wait, at okay, all. maybe no, no. He okay. I know he does have hair. It was I was simply thinking about in Rebels when he takes off his hat and he has the little cap on, and I was like, he does not have hair. But he I, may have shaved. I had been talking about Tanti. I keep on wanting to say Tati, and I'm like, that is not his name. Tati oh Makami. <laughs> no, he's yeah, he's, he's performing no, he's the same part. He's breaking his silence. He did break his silence to say Cobb Vanth got gunned down in the street by Cad Bane and like, uh-oh, that's no can good. We, can we talk about how gay that moment is? Because Din's fully stopping in the middle of a shootout to be like, I'm really sorry that he's dead. And I'm like, it's okay. You can say you were in love. I'm fine with that. He did sound like he was crying when he was talking. He was like, I'm Pedro sorry Pascal for sounded loss. like he was crying multiple times this he episode. Was- Bitch is emotional. He was going through it. If we're going to move away from the beginning of the fight, at the beginning of the fight, when we have Boba and Din doing their full fan service situation, I just want to say, fight choreography is very, you know, it's choreographed. It's very planned, whatever. They have never really fought. They've fought, but they've never really fought together that much before. And they were fighting perfectly in sync. And not only that, but they were, like, touching each other. Like, they would be like, oh, here, let me just, like, yeah, let me just like perch here shoot the guy here like whatever or like let me stand in front of here to like there was just a lot of i was like these two guys are not known for letting anybody touch them in any way to the point where one of them doesn't let anybody see his face yet they are fighting for their lives and it's getting very touchy-feely what's going on here and this was choreographed. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I just have a lot of thoughts. And they, they literally have a moment where Din is like gets shot down and Bob was like, oh no, oh no, my husband. <laughs> you good son boy. So yeah, the next scene, speaking of men crying, Pelly shows up and she's like, okay, Pelly, I love you so much. She saw that there was a battle going on. She must have heard the sound, rolls up and is like, hey, I brought a baby here. And Din's like, what are you doing? And then he sees Grogu and then he's like, oh, oh my she God, had she had her AirPods in. <gasps> okay, I I nope. do have I do have the question of she was she was in a she was in like an Uber she was in a taxi like she got to, so you're telling me I don't know if she flew there or whatever from Mos Eisley to Mos Espa and then she got in an Uber she was able to get it's very I don't know the New Yorkification she was able to get an Uber while this while this battle is happening it was like avengers battle of new york but like you can still get an uber to be like hey captain america how you doing (laughs) Uh, you bringing up like her not hearing all these like gunshots and like grenades being launched or whatever the heck like yeah the entire time when like she shows up and she's like hey mando and me and my friends are like does she not hear what's happening pelly get out of here and then him being like turn around pelly get out of here and she's like i can't hear you sorry what was that like pelly are you not concerned but 
terrible stuff happening. Belly, no, please. Literally. And it's like, there's literally a Scorponek droid right there. And she's like, I can't hear you because of all the fighting. Like, girl. Okay. You know what? She, you know what she had on an AirPod? She had Vroom Vroom by Charlie XCX. She was listening to that avant-garde music on the way to the scene. You can't keep doing this, Noah. She was, she was listening sorry. to My Favorite Murder. <laughs> True yeah. crime podcast enjoyer Helly Moto is so much to me. She was like, she was like, listen, like I know how to defend myself. I listen to true crime podcasts, and Din's like, bro, this is an active war zone, and you brought my baby. She's like, yeah, I listen to my favorite murder. Okay, I have a question. She's like, don't about worry, the... I'm sexy, so I'm not gonna get killed. Just like and she was right for that, movies. and she was she was right for that. I do have a question. Um, because Gogurt kind of like sucks up to Din, like quite literally like flies through the air. Did he force pull himself to Din? Do we know he what happened there? Is it just weird editing? He did. He did, did his little force jump. He's okay, like, look, Dad, I can do parkour now. Din's like, oh shit, he on X Games. <laughs> Din's like, oh my God, he's a quirked up green boy with a little bit of sweat. <laughs> I would argue that he's, well, he's definitely goaded with the sauce. For sure, yeah. Um. So then the next part that kind of, pops off is we see the the squad from freetown fighting they have like taken this like choke choke point and they're kind of holding back the droids while everybody's having a moment and drash and joe joe is the one of the girls from freetown drash is like i gotta get up there and start sniping bitches or we are gonna get our shit rocked we can't go back any further because there's nowhere else to retreat to joe is like okay well you're gonna shoot them with your tiny little gun and Drash is like, I don't really have a bigger gun. So and Joe's like, girl, don't worry about it. I got you, baby. And then they go and just start just start taking people out. And it's so powerful. And I'm like, why couldn't we have gotten this earlier? And it's also when we get the lore that like, you know, yeah, Drash. Well, we kind of already knew that when they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're staying here in um, Mos Espa because, you know, the people need us. This is where we're from. And we're going to stay here and protect them, which is <laughs> kind of a bad choice or could have just caused damage but her being like i literally only grew up like a few blocks away from here if we keep going we're gonna get cornered and like trapped and fucked up so we have to stick we have to stand our ground right here right now let's go me and my tiny gun got this um i do have to say about the earlier din and grogu reunion for a hot second that was a part of the spy kidsification of star wars because that is exactly what always happens in a Robert Rodriguez Spy Kids or La- Shark Boy or Lava Girl production, the children, they get separated from the parents because it is a children's movie. The parents then finally come back into the picture. They have a reunion while they are battling it out amongst CJI, and it's very adorable. And I was like, God, I love Spy Kids too. And Danny Trejo was there. Well, not in this episode. No, he wasn't. I know that's ahead in the episode, but like, where was he? I was very concerned about him. And where was he? I know it was because of COVID-19 or whatever, but where was he? He had his AirPods in. (laughs) Yeah, he was in the basement of Boba's palace, just like playing Candy Crush on his phone. He was vaping. He was. He was vaping. Uh, But speaking of Danny Trejo, that's when Boba shows up with the Rancor. And he's like, hey, girly, let's take out some of these droids. And meanwhile, Din has just been whacking at it with the Darksaber. It has not been working. He's like, wait, won't it work? And then Boba's like, okay, I'm here to get shit done. Then Din gets in there with the Darksaber and starts actually doing damage. And I'm like, I can respect that. He he said, maybe if I keep trying. But here's the thing, too, that I kept thinking about. Does fucking Lux Terry know more about stopping droids than Din and Boba Fett combined? Unfortunately, it seems like that's the case. I hate to bring him up, but I think that he learned from Rex because Rex is a, is a boy boss. They need some droid poppers. I'm just saying. Poppers? Need, that's what they're called. They're called poppers. droid poppers. Why are we doing poppers at the gig? Why is <laughs> oh. Rex Why is Rex huffing poppers at the function? <laughs> why is Rex teaching Sagarera and Lux Monteri how to do poppers? First of all, Star Wars, it's it's stupid. Most of it doesn't make sense. Let's not approach any of it with logic. However, a part of my brain did go, okay, Boba Fett was a teenager. He he was literally a child when the Clone Wars started and he was a teenager uh, during it. And he, he definitely remembers how to defeat droids. And Din is a little bit younger, but he might remember some things. And they're both pretty accomplished fighters. I think they would know, hmm, if I shoot at a ray shield, 
it's not gonna make fucking work. But they kept doing it and being like, why doesn't it work? And it was like, Bestie, you just sound stupid. And what are you doing? And it was it was very odd. And then of course the whole time I was like, you need you need to tuck and roll, Ahsoka. She learns that you need to roll, you need to bowl the thing. And I here I will say this: I didn't want anybody crazy to show up. I want this to be Boba's time, whatever. However, I was like, you know, there is a Clone Wars veteran on Tatooine right now. R two D two, he's right there. He is right there. And Nick is right there. <laughs> yeah, she, she's You're older than me. all of them. I'm sh- no, I'm sure Fennec has fought droids. She's literally, she was just like, ah, but that's none of my business. Like, she's there, um, but like people who actually fought in the Clone Wars, right? She's there. Unfortunately, I think R2 just like left Grogu at like with Peli yeah. at Moss Eisley and said, peace out. I know that literally. I'm just saying like narratively what would make sense. I also think like I didn't want a Jedi to show up. They eventually did that anyway because they were like, Grogu saves them. And I'm like, okay. But I was like, instead of Ahsoka showing up randomly in the last episode where we see no Boba, it would have been cool if Ahsoka showed up to be like, Clone Wars veteran. That would have been cool because she, you know. I think it was cool that they got the Rancor. I think that that was like, that was, and I think the other thing too that I also really liked about that sequence is that when the Rancor beats the shit out of the Ray Shield, Din gets in there, starts making money moves, and then it puts its foot down on Din's leg and Din's like, oh no, I'm hurted. And Grogu said, actually- no. Okay. Also, Din being like, Peli, Major Domo, watch my baby. And them having one job and then not watching well, Roku when he walks out in I'll, front of a tribe. I'll say this. I, so the one part about that that I liked, because I don't know how I feel about like bringing the Jedi part, whatever, is that it is nice that like, oh, just like in the Clone Wars, like the thing that defeats the droids is um, the teamwork between um a boy boss clone boba and a jedi uh, grogu and i thought that was very awesome slay it also just goes to show din she's is not going to be the holder of the dark saber that man cannot use that thing and it was very powerful of him it was very powerful no he, training. He, just, he just swings it around and it's very powerful of him and Claudia, i'd like you to tell me what you would do with a lightsaber in that situation quickly i, I, I I'm not trying to be the Mandalore. I didn't say I was an expert. To be fair, neither is Din. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's fair, but I'm like, he's... I, whenever I argue that Boba should fucking be the Mandalore, whatever, everyone's like, no, Din, whatever. And I'm like, Din canonically keeps getting his shit rocked. Like, I, I, all he had to do was slice all the way through it. And he was like, what do I do? I don't know. He was. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like once he got a foothold and he did okay. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing him, whatever. I just, anyway, I, I thought it, I thought it was neat. Do we want to talk about Cad Bane and Boba's little yes. moment? Jess, do you have something you want to say? One, like, to me, someone who knows, like, the lore between, like, Cad Bane and Boba, that was, like, very fun. Which I guess my older sister, she enjoyed it. And she had no idea who Cad Bane is. She's just like, oh, it's the funky blue man. And she also kept calling him Jinzo, who is a, a Yu-Gi-Oh monster, by the way. And I was just like, can you stop calling him fucking Jinzo? She seemed to kind of understand that there was some beef between them, which I guess was okay. But I wish they could have like dove more into that with them. Like it would have... I feel like hit harder if Cad Bane had been introduced sooner into Book of Boba Fett and been like, hey, Boba, fuck you, bing bong. But I I liked seeing the development of Boba being like, yeah, uh, fuck you. I'm I'm not a little boy anymore, Cad Bane's, and I'm going to kick your ass. And no, you don't have to be alone to be able to like be powerful and stuff. And being with people doesn't make you weak. I love the found family, the power of friendship, Boba Fett. Just like I have the power of my my friends and my family and this town and I'm going to protect them and they make me stronger. Fuck you. Go die, Cad Bane. Yeah, no, literally that was like, I was talking about this earlier in the episode, like Cad Bane represents Boba's old life of like rugged individualism, this need to be like, I don't need other people. I have myself and my credits and like, that's all that matters. Um, And then Boba like coming to terms with like, money is a dispensable thing if it means I'm taking care of my people. I don't give a fuck about that. Like we saw that in an earlier episode. And then in this one, he's like, no, fuck you. And then uses like this 
ancestral weapon, which is not and not ancestral for him, but because he was adopted into the culture, this weapon to kill Cad Bane, I think once again was very like touching. I think for me, what kind of confuses me about it is that like that's not the the Boba Cad Bane beef isn't canon. Like like it just was kind of like a thing that didn't it, that almost happened in Clone Wars, but then didn't. But it was just like I don't know because we had a character who had already established ties to hating Ca- or like having beef with Cad Bane who was also a friend of Boba <laughs> that's like friend of Dorothy friend of Boba um <laughs> like I don't know it felt it felt good but also I was like oh this could have also been done in a different way um but I, I mean I guess shout out to the the fans of the fucking Clone Wars not animatics but like those little scenes like the unfinished arcs yeah from our perspective of somebody who knows all the canon but then speaking to people who don't know any of the canon like both of us like felt the same way like I like Cad Bane he's a funky little guy um I love all the history whatever and I felt nothing when that motherfucker died I was like okay first of all he hasn't been around for a while we have no establishment of what he's been doing why he's here whatever not to say that I don't like him and that I am like oh I'm sad that I'm not gonna see him anymore I think he would have been interesting in ongoing stories wish he'd not been exclusive to Dave Filoni so he could have been in some of the War of the Bounty Hunters like all kinds of stuff like that and I agree with Jess that I think that if he had been introduced earlier in the show not only to establish the beef with Boba and like maybe to flash back to some of you know we saw where Boba went to we actually never really saw where he came from um uh and and what uh Cad Bane was talking about or anything um I you know I'd love to have seen any of that and yeah, Dave Filoni, I get it. You wanted that to happen. You made it happen three times now with Hunter, with with Fennec, and now with actual I Boba for- Fett. I forgot about also, don't forget <laughs> about Cobb, man. I forgot when Hunter got his ass beat. Yeah, don't forget I mean, Cobb, Cobb, yeah. I mean, Cobb, like, Dave Filoni, I get it. You never got to make it, and now you've gotten to do it four times. It didn't air the original time, and we and it was supposed to be a part of a whole arc of, like, Boba as a teenager and, like, him working with somebody, you know, and, and who is he as a, as, a, as a bounty hunter and how he gets the dent in his, the iconic dent in his armor or whatever. Like, that was supposed to be the purpose of that, but then that never happened. So now it just feels, like, empty and, like, literally introducing him. Like, my friend was like, who is this blue man? And I was like, literally, if I didn't know, like... People know me. I am the biggest advocate for this story is a patchwork. You should consume all of it. However, even if even if you did, narratively, it would make more sense if he had been the face of the Pike Syndicate the whole time. Uh, just because the Pikes were also a shit-ass villain, but we'll get into that later. Um, it, I felt very mixed about it, because that, like Mel said, I think that was the most narratively cohesive thing for Bulba that one moment, even though it should have been other people helping because he has a community. It was weird for him to be alone, and then for them to like have the yeah. community help with other parts with the gaffy stick and all of that that was great and i was like finally some good fucking food but then with cad bane i was like okay one thing i i did kind of like about this and this was something that my older sister and i were talking about actually was that one she was saying how she actually liked yeah boba's character a lot in the show with like showing him mature and like that growing up he's able to like become someone like better than just like oh, I'm a ruthless bounty hunter that only cares about credits. And so to see like that development in Boba versus um, Cad Bane, who is literally (laughs) Scrooge Grinch, (laughs) just like I am mean and horrible. It's very relatable that, yeah, getting older, you realize more important things to you. I will just say this, because uh, Claudia, you were like, I didn't have an emotional reaction to Cad Bane getting killed. I would like everyone to know that at the time that I watched that, I was not aware that a certain Cobb Vanth had made it through the show. So I was <laughs> cheering at my screen. I was like, get fucked, you blue bitch. You killed the man I love. Yeah, I, I don't also, give a shit about you. <laughs> I will also say that when that happened, I was like, because <gasps> I like, I don't know, maybe I had the same reaction when Cad Bane showed up because in my head I was like, oh, Cad Bane, whatever. But then I was like, oh my god, wait, Cat Bane from the Clone Wars is here. And yeah. when Cat Bane died, I was like, no! Like, oh, okay, I had an see, emotion. I was like no. thrilled. No, 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 because here's the thing. I was not like sad Cad Bane died. I'm happy he's gone. But it's almost one of those things where I was just like, 
oh my God, this character who I've known for a bajillion years is dead. It was just crazy because like me as being like when they were like, oh, the Clone Wars is ending after season six. I was like, oh, I'm never going to see Cab Bane again. And then he showed up so much. I'm like, I was so scared of that guy as a kid. And now he died. I'm in my 20s now. And I'm still feeling that same like reaction. Like, I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. Anyway. Uh, people that are like, I'm mad because he could have been in so many other things. I'm actually very into the idea of retiring characters sometimes. We actually don't need to go through so them true. for 82 straight years. I'm like, listen, I love, I'm really excited about the Kenobi show, but when it's over, if I never see that motherfucker again, it'll be okay no, with me. Literally. Like, Please let Obi-Wan rest. No, literally, but I'm like, Okay, it was fun to introduce him and all. However, it's okay that he got stabbed in the chest. He deserved it. And I, for one, will not be shedding any tears for him. I, I do like the idea of doing the finale, the, the funeral scene from Scream Queens, where they're like, we are gathered here today because I a dumb idiot you. slut got exactly what was coming to her. <laughs> I want My one final thought before I give you Clone Watch is even though... Uh, this has nothing to really do with Boba since it is in the last scene of this show. Just the, I really liked Din and Grogu's little moment at the end of the, the episode where Din is like driving his little ship and then Grogu's just tap tapping. And me and my friends were like, oh, does he want to be in the same little like seat with like Danny wants to be with his dad? And Din's just like, no, you can't sit with me. We can't do that. That's against the law. But no, freaking Grogu aggressively tapping was really funny. And then it's just because he wants to do card tricks with his dad. I will also say about that, you saying tap tapping on the glass didn't make Think of Grogu, no. and dear Evan Hansen, and you. Really no. sad. That's sick and twisted. No. That's sick and twisted. I hate. I hate that. All dear I Grogu, Jaren. No, Grogu no. the 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 dear the dear Evan Hansen of the the Jedi school is Ben no. Solo Connor. <laughs> do this anyway. Clone Watch. Hi, welcome to Clone Watch. There was no other clones in this episode. But at least we had Boba. So that's it. See me again when Kenobi comes out, maybe. Or if the Bad Batch comes out first. As far as I know, we are going to get a big Clone Watch W when it comes to Queen's Hope. So there's that. Hi, and welcome to a new segment, which is kind of similar to another segment of ours. If you've listened to our podcast, you know, is it Legends or did I just make it up? But this new segment is... Two canons and a legend, where I have brought two canon facts and a legend fact to the other hosts, and they have to guess which one is from Legends. Because I thought we always talk about the the weird, funky stuff from Legends, and I want to talk about some some fun stuff from canon once in a while. <laughs> it's a Legends from a different point of view. <laughs> That's very good. Sorry, Mel just put that in the chat. But anyway, are y'all ready? The first fact. The prototype cloak field generator was a cloaking device used on Darth Maul's scimitar or Sith infiltrator, which allowed him to easily infiltrate virtually any world undetected. Fact number two, the Mandalorian Civil Wars were a series of conflicts that Jango Fett participated in at, um, in at some point before he was hired by the Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus to be the clone template for the Grand Army of the Republic. And fact number three, B2 was an R-series astromech astromech droid who accompanied Jedi Master Jocasta Nu in the days following the proclamation of the New Order. Okay, I, I, I would like to I would like to uh, say that the one about Jango participating in the Mandalorian Civil War is Legends and the other two are canon. I would agree with that. I thought it was two Legends and one canon. No, it's two canons and the Legend, oh, Claudia. Jesus. Okay, then yeah, the Jango one is Legends and the other two are canon. I agree. Um, well, you're all wrong because it's actually I knew it! the prototype cloak field generator was Legends. Wait, Wig. so Jango 
Django canonically oh, actually did participate no, in the Mandalorian Civil Wars. I knew it. I knew that was the case. And then I got panicked. Okay. I, the next set of facts. Lava crystals were a type of crystal that could be found on the hellish world of Mustafar. Fact number two. Crystal storms were a type of weather which occurred on the mineral planet of Crate, the crystalline planet Christophsis, and the desert planet Celos where the storms were a hazard. And fact number three, a crystal snake was a venomous reptile native to the moon, Yavin 4. I think three. I'm choosing the one with the snake. I, think I that's am also legend. picking the crystal snake as the legends one. Um, what was the first one again? The first one was lava crystals were a type of crystal that could be found on Mustafar. Um, I'm going to say that one's legends. I'm also going to say that one's legends. Well, two of you were right. And that's Ollie and Noah. Are you yeah. fucking joking? Yeah. I yeah. feel like I just don't know when they would have had time to talk about a crystal snake. <laughs> yeah, I also was just thinking, I mean, the middle one was nice because I was like, there are glass storms on other planets. This is not far of a stretch. The last set of, of facts, they're back to related because I was thinking about this episode. So Bacta spray was a form of Bacta designed to be discharged from a pressurized container. Fact number two. Bacta bulbs were a type of medical device which were made which made use of Bacta. And fact number three, the Bacta company was a company in the Grand Army of the Republic made up of clone medics. I think I'm gonna say Bacta company. That sounds silly. I am also gonna say Bacta company because the other two just sound like methods of dissemination, and I'm not sure why one of those would be canon and the other wouldn't be. Mm. <laughs> Back to company sounds like the kind of weird, uh, what is it, uh, clone commando bullshit that was in Legends. So yeah, I'm gonna say that was Legends. I'll say the first one. Unfortunately, Mel, you're wrong. Ollie, Noah, and Claudia, you're right. Wig. Oh my god. This is going to be the first game that I win consistently on this show. Yeah, so Ollie and Noah have tied for our first ever two canons and a legend. Love that for us. Welcome to our favorite segment, which is Name That Ship. The way that Name That Ship works is that one of our hosts will take a fan fiction that we found on AO3 and list the tags, maybe the description, maybe the title, and our other hosts will try to guess who the main ship is. And just so you guys know, we do have a form in our episode notes. Um, if you find a fan fiction, you can go ahead and submit it there. So yeah, it's a lot easier um, than just like DMing it to us. So that way we don't lose track of it or anything. So let's get into it. I have brought one today and I'm going to say this one is actually not cursed. I think this one's actually kind of fun. The tags on this are character A and character B, character A slash character B. Character A, character B, different character who will give it away. Bounty hunters, psychometry, electrocution, binders, which like, I mean, handcuffs, I assume. Heartbreak, kissing, off-screen sex, childhood best friends. Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss is not one of the characters. Ah, is one, of them Cal one of the characters is Cal Kestis, yes. Is Do you guys want to hear the summary? Is it a, bo- is it a bounty hunter? Cal Kestis runs into an old friend at the abandoned Talosian Jedi Academy during his search for a Jedi artifact. So is it okay. Jedi? Yeah. Not a bounty hunter. Nope. Is this who character is in... a guy also? Yes. Who is in Cal's Padawan class? Kanan Jarrus. Yeah, it's Cal Kestis slash Kanan Jarrus. Okay, actually? Yeah. I know. And here's the thing. Like that. Here's the thing. At first, I was like, they have kind of a weird age difference because Kanan is just a little bit older than Cal. No, Not like, like two years, like two years older. So I was like, that's kind of whatever. But then I thought about it. I'm like, this is where they are childhood best friends. And I'm like, that's kind of everything. Because I also do believe that Jaro Tapal and Depa Balaba would have been besties. I just thought this was I like agree. a fun little fic. Um, that was good. It's a fun ship. This was submitted by um, Claire Kenobi, Fulcrum Pod co-host. Um, shout out. Thank you for, for sending this my way. Um, it is a crossover, and I'm gonna tell you right now, you are never going to guess it. But I want you to. I want to force you to try. The tags are character A, character B, alternate universe, Star Wars setting, rare pairs, like really rare. Woke up with this idea and had to write it down ASAP. Ridiculous. This is why we can't have nice things one shot. And I will say, 
that this is a Disney property that the it is uh, a crossover of. Please don't say Encanto. Okay. So is one of the characters from Star Wars? Yes. And then the other characters from this crossover property? Yes. So to be clear, it's not a clone and then an assorted gothic horror monster from ancient Western literary canon. <laughs> no, it is not. I um, can't okay. say that it is. Now, this is what I will say. This is the summary. What if a film that came out in 2021 happened on Coruscant rather than in London? Yes, there are a certain breed of dog, chihuahuas, and other street terriers in this Coruscant. What is, is this, this lady in the tramp? I was going to say is this, this lady character in the without her dogs. Is this Cruella? No! It is Cruella <laughs> Deville. This is Cruella Deville 2021. But with who? Okay, so it's so it's girl boss Cruella. It's <laughs> is it with a woman? Pussy Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it a woman? Not a woman. What did you say, Noah? Okay, so for the backstory, earlier this week, I woke up and immediately texted Claudia showing up to the function with only the most esoteric pussy. And she responded, is that not the plot of Cruella? What the fuck? I hate you guys. Um. Anyway. anyway okay. Am I wrong? You're going to so, leave me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? So Cruella's, Cruella's in the ship, right? Is yes. it Asajj Ventress? No, it is not Asajj no, Ventress. Is it a man? A, it is a man. Oh. Are they a clone? No. Okay. A are they Jedi? a Jedi? They are not a Jedi. Is it Thrawn? Are they a bounty hunter? It is not Thrawn. It is not a bounty hunter. <laughs> not a politician. And they're not a bounty hunter. Not a bounty hunter. Um, High Republic era? No. Prequel era? Prequel era. I'm so sorry. Are <laughs> they force sensitive at all? Yes, they are force sensitive. Chief Palp? No, it's not a politician. Oh, fuck. Is it Chief Palpatine? It is not Chief Palpatine. Is but it Darth Maul? It is Darth Maul. <gasps> okay, wait. Why is that okay, kind of it? Because here's the thing. My next question was going to be like, is this somebody that Corella would be like in experiencing quantification with? And the answer is yes. Okay, but if you think about it a little bit, if you think about the plot of Corella 2021. <laughs> which I've absolutely seen. Which I have seen, and it's not a good movie. But if you think about the plot of that movie, and then you think about um, Maul's arc, where he then turns on, you know, his mentor or whatever, are they not a bit the same? You're oh my right. god. I, I and he's so I true. Part, he goes a little crazy. <laughs> I love the part in Darth Maul's arc where his parents are killed by Dalmatians, <laughs> and then later he's pushed off a cliff, is, and is, his dress the, opens up to make a parachute. Are the 101 Dalmatians not an allegory for the Jedi Order? Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays. Join us next week for our Book of Boba Fett wrap-up episode and stay tuned for our High Republic Phase 1 plans. We have something very exciting in store. Uh, for updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at Padres on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. It means a lot to us. May the Force be with you, and don't griff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka. waka, waka.